Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. It is now 8 o'clock. So if you're laying in bed thinking it's still, you know, it's 9 or something like that, you're wrong. We moved the clock back last night. I don't have any comment on it. I know a lot of people get kind of wound up of, oh, we need to do this for the daylight, and oh, we don't need to do this. I don't care. Till somebody tells me otherwise, change the clock. Now, it's going to be a pretty day. Um, the weather looks really nice today. A high of 81, partly sunny, light breeze. Man, that's that's pretty nice fall weather. And for the rest of this week, we have really good gardening weather. Whether you're just looking at flowers or crops or trees, the weather is really nice this week. At the end of the week, they're talking a possibility of some rain and we can never turn down rain so that's promising also so we're getting kind of a kind of a reprieve from this summer and i don't think anybody's going to complain about it um after the heat we we dealt with after the incredible heat that we had to deal with um, this break in the weather's pleasant, to say the least. Now, yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to go out and mow the lawn. And technically, I still have more lawn to mow. The weather was really pretty decent with it. The weather looked pretty good. So, um... If I have to do it, I don't think I could have asked for better weather to do it in. Let's go to the phone. This is Martin. Martin, what can I help you with? Hey. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hello. Hello. Martin, I can hear you. Oh, I'm just, let me call you back. Okay. I'll call you back. Okay. Um, not sure what happened there. Uh, that was different. Let's see if he can get back on and we can connect to him. Maybe, uh, maybe we're in a time loop here, having to move the clock. Everybody's, you know, it depends on where you are as to what time it is. Hmm. Of course not. I'm being silly. Let's give Martin another chance here. Um, it is really lovely weather. I, I, I really wonder if we truly understand it and take advantage of it. Because, you know, it has been so, so hot, so brutal, just depressing. And 
now we have this absolutely gorgeous weather. We we need to take advantage of it. You know, if you go outside and do nothing but sit down, enjoy the breeze, look at the sun, enjoy the temperature, you need to because we don't have these kind of days often enough here. So let's enjoy it. Now, we are talking about getting rain at the end of this week. Not a lot of rain, but rain is rain, right? We need to take advantage of it. So what you may want to do is you want to focus on, hmm, I haven't fertilized my turf for the winter yet. That's a good thing to be doing today, okay? If you use a dry fertilizer and the rain comes, the rain will dissolve the fertilizer into the soil. That's how it works. If you got an opportunity to do that today, good timing. Good timing. We want to build up those roots for next spring. Let's go back to the phone. Looks like Martin is back. Hello, Martin. Can you hear me? Okay, let's try this now. Oh, I'm getting some reverberation out here, but uh, let's try it anyway. Um, I have an oak tree. Martin, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, but I'm getting reverberation. I'll talk slowly. I have an oak tree that is dropping Rigs, little branches with leaves on them, fresh green leaves. And I can come out and there'll be a pile underneath the tree. And I don't know what's going on. Okay. The, the little bitty branches that are dropping are the ends of the branch sharply cut. Say that again. Are the branches that are falling, are they, do they look like they were cut off? Really clean cut? No, I was thinking maybe it was a squirrel or something. They're not. They're just like maybe kind of aged. They're not real fresh looking, but it looks dried and aged. And uh, no. So the ends are ragged. Yes, correct. Not as it's not been chewed. It's uh, and it's not fresh. It is just um, like it broke off from a joint or something, maybe. Well, there is a pest that does that. It chews off the end of the branch. It is. It is not fatal. It's just annoying. As for could it have been the squirrels or something like that, I've not really heard of squirrels decided to do this kind of uh, cut off the branch ends. So it could be environmental. The tree is reacting to how bad the summer was. Right. That's what I'm thinking. it's not going to be fatal. Okay. Okay. Other Just than a little curious. bit of extra work, 
to have to rake it up or mow over it or something, I don't think it's going to be really critical. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks for the call, Martin. Yeah, folks, we will see. Okay, I've got a lot of feedback here. Um, We will see there is an insect called a twig girdler. And what it does, it will chew off a branch. And usually it's a clean cut. But it can uh, it, it, it can chew that branch off. What it's doing is laying an egg. And the egg is laid on the piece that drops off. So if you rake those up and get rid of them, you get rid of the pest. So it can be a really annoying situation, but it's not damaging to the tree. And it can affect pretty much any type of tree. So if you see lots of branches laying on the ground, you you know what's going on. And we're talking short pieces, like six or eight inches. We're not talking about a two-foot branch. Uh, folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, let's go to the phone. This is Maggie. Maggie, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. I uh, love the show. Um, I texted a picture last week of my Laura Pendulum. Maggie, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Well, if you're there, Maggie, I'm sorry I can't hear you. You may have to hang up and call back. Um, one thing a lot of us are going to notice is we're going to see spots on our leaves. Particularly, um, particularly on things like oak leaves. There are a whole host of diseases that will get on the oak leaf at this time of the year. Actually, you can get them on there lots of times of the year. But they will range from black spots. Looks like somebody took a paintbrush, dipped it in black paint, and flicked it at the tree, and the leaves have all these little black spots. They're sometimes called tar spots. That is a disease that affects the oaks. Well, it affects a lot of trees. I'm sorry to say it that way. Number two, even if you don't have the oak spot, you will see if you look close to your leaves, and they have a bunch of holes in them, irregular shaped holes. If you look at the edges where the hole is, and it's kind of whitish, that can be a fungal disease that is eaten through the leaf. It could be a pest. There are a lot of pests that will poke holes in the leaves of your trees. 
in the big picture of things, so what? Seriously, we're coming up on the end of the year and trees will start shedding their leaves soon. My bur oak out front is uh, about 50% gone. 50% of the leaves are gone off of it. And the rest of them are slowly turning brown and they're falling off. I'm not concerned. It's a tree that will lose its leaves. It makes no sense to treat it. Uh, it makes no sense to treat it when they're going to fall off anyway. So when you go out there and you look at your oak tree, when you go out there and you look at your trees, period, and you see, oh, these leaves are ragged or they've got a bug on them or a disease, think for a minute. Are they going to fall off anyway? The tree can take care of itself in those cases. I got a bunch of black spot on the leaves. Okay. Why treat it if the leaf's going to fall off anyway? It is not going to be super harmful to the tree. It just may make some of the leaves fall a little sooner than you wanted them to. But they're going to fall off anyway. Why put the effort in trying to save a leaf that's going to die? Let's go back to the phone and see if I got Maggie back here. Maggie, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, I can. Okay, I texted in a picture last week of my Laura Petalum. It's, uh, there's four of them in a row, and one of them in the middle just it turned brown all over. <laughs> Looks like it's dead, you, but it's still, uh, when you bend the branches, it's still pliable. They don't break yet. Okay, that's a good sign. That's a really good sign. It's entirely possible. <clears throat> just like if you... You know, let's say you have four kids. You know as well as I do, each one's going to have a completely different personality. You're always going to have the the one where you're just constantly scratching your head going, what do I do about him? When you plant a plant, they are unique. I mean, a loripedalum is a loripedalum, right? No, not exactly. When you have a bunch of plants that are all supposed to be the same, you can easily wind up with one that goes, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not as a, uh, adapted to the heat as the others. Or I need just a little more or a little less water than the others do. So you, if it's still supple, if it's losing leaves, but the branches are still supple, you scratch off the bark and they're still green there, just be patient. The cooler temperatures mean less demand for water by the plant. We're finally getting some rain, which is nothing but help for them. You can consider, if you want to help it, go get a single bag of compost and spread it thin underneath the roots of that plant. Just all the way around the root, all the way around the root zone. That can make a huge difference in the health of the plant. I don't think that there's some disease attacking just the one in the middle. 
that's a little unusual. But you could have one that is not as strong or happy or healthy as the other three. And you can fix that by providing it things which will make it perk back up and turn uh, turn good leaves again. So I don't think it would be that bad. Well, the ones next to it have new growth. Patience. Patience. Okay. You got supple branches. You still got green under the bark. It's still alive. Giving it just a little bit of help and a little bit of time, and it should start budding out also. Okay, thank you for your help. I love your show. Thanks for the call, Maggie. Um, Yeah, folks, a lot of that going on right now. I got a couple of plants that are identical, and one is doing great, and the other one looks terrible. Well, patience. If they're both alive, they should start looking the same. Let's go to the phone. This is Marie. Marie, what can I help you with? Sir, I'm a first-time caller, and I I love your show. Um, You were talking about the bug that was chewing the limbs. Um, The ones that I have seen, and my friend also out in Vista, the limb is maybe a little bit smaller than your little finger diameter-wise. And it looks like it is almost chewed off by a little beaver. It's got a little point. Very clean cut. Is that what the bug that you were talking about? Yes, ma'am. It is called a twig girdler. Sometimes it's called a Texas longhorn beetle. If you looked at one, they have these real long antennas that come out of their head and go all the way down the side of their body. They are an annoyance, but they are not fatal to the tree. If you pick up the branches that get chewed off and throw them away, it'll reduce how many you'll have next year. Okay. And is the beetle, is it very big? No, not really. Not really. It's probably um, maybe half an inch. Oh, wow. Could she just start getting them? I think it was last year. And she was showing them, you know, the little branches. And I was like, God, look how clean this cut is. It's almost like yep. it's a baby beaver or something. And then um, then I noticed some at my house, and they were he was on pecan trees. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm so glad I caught you this morning and you explained that because that had us baffled. <laughs> look up a twig girdler. And you can get a, okay. Yeah, you can get a lot of information in your favorite search engine. Well, thank Marie, you, sir. Thanks. I appreciate it, and you have a wonderful day. You too, Marie. Thank you for the call. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're going to break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, let's see. No callers at the moment. I- I'm getting lots of questions about the tree leaves having spots on them. 
or maybe even bugs. Again, if the leaf is going to fall off anyway, it's not a big deal. It really isn't. Trees, especially oak trees, they've studied them and found that many oak trees can lose their leaves three times, completely defoliate in a single season and still survive. Should we be concerned? Yeah. Should we go out and check and look when it looks funny to make sure it's just something simple? You betcha. But let's not panic. You know, and it's not just oak trees. There are a lot of trees that their leaves will get weird coloring or holes in them or things like that. But if they're going to drop their leaves anyway in the fall, let them. They'll get rid of the disease or the pest on their own. And going to the trouble, uh, this is something that, that's got to be understood. When you have a plant and it has a whole bunch of ugly on it, the leaves have got spots or this or that, you have to understand there is nothing you can do to make that kind of leaf green again. Damaged leaves from bugs or diseases, they're not going to repair. You can't fill in a hole in a leaf. So if you can just be patient, don't panic. Follow the Hitchhiker's Guide. They'll survive. Each plant has a requirement in its environment. Water, soil, um, nutrient. If you are providing it the things it needs, it will do well. The better the environment, the stronger the plant will be. The more it can resist simple diseases. These, these diseases do damage, yes. The leaf's never going to be green again. But if you're meeting that environmental requirement, if you're giving it the nutrients it needs, um, the the soil is uh, loose and great and it can put its roots down. It's getting the right sun. It's not in 105 degree temperatures. It'll be fine. Losing a leaf is not the end of the tree. And a leaf turning brown, my God, that does not mean the plant is dying. Lots of leaves turn brown for whatever reason that the plant has. Meet its requirements. Provide it what it needs to grow. Water, good soil, lots of organic matter, fertilizer on occasion. 
and don't overdo any of the above. But if you're meeting its requirements, it will be fine. And if we've got a plant that's got spotty leaves or holes in them or they're being chewed on, and those leaves are going to fall off, why bother? Why bother? It's not going to kill the tree. It's not going to kill the shrub. If those leaves are going to take a hike on their own anyway, why do you want to do the work to try to save it? It's not necessary. And we need to stop guessing. We need to stop guessing. Something happened to the tree. The tree has brown branches. The leaves on these branches are brown. I'm just going to run out and buy a bottle of something and spray the plant. No. No, 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 no. You first have to determine what is the cause of the brown branch, especially on things like cedars or really dense trees. It's possible that a breeze blew it in such a way that it snapped a branch and that branch is dying because it's basically broken off of the plant. Or maybe you actually have a simple pest causing the browning of the leaves. That's what mites tend to do. That's what mites tend to do to our plants. So if you have mites, a fungicide is not going to help you. You have to determine the cause of the problem. You have to figure out what made it do what it did. You have to inspect it closely to look for pests. You have to look closely and see, do you have powder on the plant? That's a fungus. Powdery mildew uh, is, is a very common fungus. Don't just grab a bottle of something and spray. That's not going to get you a solution. Remember, if you have if you have a tree that has a problem or a shrub, inter, intertwine the two words, and you treat it, again, new growth will look great. But if you don't have new growth, you'll be like, well, this spray didn't do anything. Well, it did. It stopped the disease or the pest from spreading. But it's stopping the disease or the pest is not going to make the leaves green again. You need new growth out of the plant to get it green and going again. And that comes down to, sorry, been beating this drum. Uh, do you provide the environment the plant needs? The right amount of uh, water. Not too much, not too little. Is there organic matter in the soil? Do you mulch it? Do you compost it? Those kind of things are necessary to get the trees, the shrubs, as healthy as possible so they can resist the disease 
and they can resist the pest. And they will have the strength to recover and replace anything that is turned ugly. And the minute something turns ugly, rule number one, that is not mean the plant is dying. If, if you're going to think that every brown leaf instantly means the plant's dying, you need to get plastic plants. Because every plant will have leaves that turn yellow or leaves that turn brown and brittle. And the plant still be perfectly happy, perfectly healthy. Don't go down that path. Find out first. Do they give the plant everything it needs? Is it getting what it needs? Number two, can I see what caused this damage? Does it look like a disease? Has it been chewed on by something? Maybe something big like a grasshopper. It's got big divots out of it. Or maybe something really small like an aphid. And it has little dots in it. Figure that out first before you just start trying to fix a non-existent problem. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I gotta take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Bo. Bo, what can I help you with? Yeah, I'm uh, wondering when I should put out my Blue Bell, Blue Bonnet uh, seeds and my now, Black Eyed Susan and Indian Blanket and Mexican hat. Now? Now? For all of them? Yeah. See, here's what's going to happen. Nature made them bloom, set seed, and then they dispersed their seed. Blue bonnet seeds actually started falling way back in July. The reason we get them so late is the people that grow them for sale, they need time to collect them, screen them, make sure there's no weeds in them, check their viability, and package them. So we may not get them till later in the year, but you can send them out now and they will sit on the soil. You don't have to water them in. They will sit there on the soil and wait for the conditions to be right for them to start growing. But you can do those now. You may be a little late on your blue bonnet. It depends on how bad the summer affected them. But you can be doing those and putting them out now. Okay. I thought I, thought I heard somewhere where the black-eyed Susans, you don't have to put them down until springtime. You know, um, I get black-eyed Susans all year long. I have this uh, culvert where there's a couple of black-eyed Susans growing, and I get spotty patches of them. It, it kind of moves around all the time. So I think there's something that you could put down at just about any time of the year and get them to grow. Okay. 
All righty, Jeff. Well, thank you. Thanks for the call, Bo. Let's go to the phone. This is Muriel. What can I help you with? Are you there? Feet, and it gets sun all day long. And my my brief plan is to dig all the weeds up, but after that, I need some help. Okay, what kind of grass was this you cut out at the beginning? Well, I, I, it's, it's weeds. There's, there's really no grass there at all, Jeff. Well, you have a few options here. Not a lot, but a few. Are you looking for a turf grass type cover? Yeah. Yeah, my, 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 my long-term plan is that once I get the weeds, the weeds dug up and whatever has to happen in between is, is to seed it with uh, Bermuda grass. Excellent. Okay, here's the deal. You can pull as many weeds as you can, all right? As you get these weeds out of there, you want to look at using some uh, corn gluten. If there okay. are any seeds that have not germinated yet, you know, those surprise pop-ups, the corn gluten will help prevent that. And it'll improve the quality of the soil. If you use corn gluten, you have to wait at least six weeks, probably better to wait eight weeks before you sprinkle Bermuda grass seed because the corn gluten will try to kill the Bermuda grass seed also. So you let the corn gluten wear out, you use it to get rid of any weeds you didn't catch, and then you can put down the Bermuda. The bad, the bad news in this equation, Bermuda wants, we're gonna start getting cooler temperatures. We're right on the edge of Bermuda right now in terms of it germinating. And it won't be long before it'll be too cold for the Bermuda seed. So you may want to wait till spring before you put down new Bermuda seed to get your best germination. In between, you can do one of the rye grasses. The rye grasses will germinate in much colder weather. They look good and they can help choke out weeds because they can grow pretty dense and it will improve the soil where you're going to look to put um, where you're going to put your Bermuda grass. It also means you will not have a big piece of bare ground that will be muddy as all get out if we have rain. So when should I, when should I put down the corn gluten? You want to put it down, be, uh, you have two choices. You do not want to put corn gluten down when you have seeds you want to grow. Once the seed germinates, once new ryegrass starts to turn green and come up, you can use the corn gluten to get rid of weeds. So either put it down first, give it about six weeks, then put down the seed you want to grow. Or a, should I do all this this fall? Well, you can. You can do the uh, you can do the ryegrass to start filling in, and then 
once you start seeing that grass come up, you can put down the corn gluten that will attack any weeds that are left. And, and then and then do and then do my seeding in the spring. For Bermuda, yes. Uh, what about any put? What about putting down any compost or anything in the spring? <clears throat> you can put a very thin. If you put down Bermuda seed, you can put a very thin layer, a quarter inch, maybe too much, and spread it over where you put the seeds. That'll help give the seeds some continuous moisture, won't let it dry out, and a little nutrient so it can get started, and that'll help the Bermuda come up. Okay, then I assume, I assume when I put the Bermuda seed down, I should, I should uh, be generous with the water on the Bermuda seed. Not necessarily. If you put it down in the spring, you can always cross your fingers and hope we're getting rain. You do not want the seed to dry out. You get it wet, you got to provide it moisture. Doesn't mean every day, but you do not want to like water it and then not water again for a week or more and we not get any rain. That could interrupt the germination and you could lose the seed. Okay, because because it's in an area that gets the sun all day long. You you uh you can bet on rain or maybe twice a week mist it and dampen it really good. Okay. Okay. Well, great. Thank you very much. Thanks for it, the call and good luck. Um, yeah, folks, Bermuda grass does good here. Unfortunately, our temperatures are going to be dropping off soon, and it will be too cold for the Bermuda grass to germinate. So you don't need to waste money on seed if it's not the right time to use it. It is a great turf. It can grow nice and thick and it especially can handle full sun places. But if you're going by Bermuda seed, it needs to be a tad uh, warmer and we're not heading to warmer weather now, thankfully. Ryegrass, on the other hand, will germinate in much colder temperatures and grow in colder temperatures. So if you use rye to overseed or fill in, now's a good time to use it. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, I got a break for the news at the top of the hour. I'll catch you all on the other side. 